Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Autumn. And I'm Peter. And we are back with two more movies, kind of random ones this week, which is always mm-hmm. fun to, well, it wasn't that fun this week, but we'll get into that. Um, Peter picked our first movie, so he's gonna introduce that for you now. Okay, so, Stargate is a sci-fi adventure movie from 1994, starring James Spader, Kurt Russell, and Jay Davidson. The movie begins with a disgraced Egyptologist being recruited by the government to help him decrypt and figure out the symbols on the Stargate, a portal device found in Egypt in the 1920s. Upon activating the gate, a strike force made up of special forces characters and Daniel Jackson, played by Spader, enter and find a world that looks like ancient Egypt, communicate with the locals, learn some truths about the Egyptian pyramids, and depose their alien leader, Ra. Jackson then decides to stay behind as the group returns back through the gate. That's right. Now, I feel like to start this off, you have to talk about the Jay Davidson situation. Some of the background. Peter has some really interesting background on the movie. On Wikipedia for the movie. (laughs) His extensive um, research. Yeah, the extensive research I did for this movie. um, I learned multiple things about the actors. Um, Jay Davidson, the guy who plays Ra in the movie, apparently this is his... Like, second and only other actual, like, feature film sort of role that he had. Um, The other one was in The Crying Game, where he got an Oscar nomination. Um, He didn't want to be in this movie. Because he didn't like the fame he was getting from the nomination and from, like, just in general. Um, Wasn't wasn't for him. He's, like, a, a, a model now, I think. Unless he's retired. He could be retired. Yeah, he was. Um, Jay Davidson stopped doing movies after this. The only reason he did this was because he had to. Because when the studio asked him if he wanted to do it, he was like, yeah, I'll do it if you give me a million dollars. And they're like, okay. (laughs) So then he had to do it because they offered him a million dollars for it. And he said he would take it if it was a million dollars. You know, um, this movie had a budget of $55 million. We don't usually do budgets in here. But it's interesting Um, in this context. Interesting that he was a whole 50th of the movie's budget. (laughs) Uh, And and it it was a commercial success. Like, it made like $200 or something like that, which is a very good return for investment for uh, such a, you know, like, middling movie in our eyes. Um, I gave this movie... I haven't told you yet. Yeah, you never did. But I think I'm going to give this movie a four. Okay, I can see that. It's a three-star movie for me. Um, I mean, I didn't think it was bad, personally. I don't think there was any part of it that was particularly like, oh, this is awful. And even though it was a two-hour runtime, it didn't feel like there was, like, time wasted. I agree with that, and I even was falling asleep, and I still agree yeah, with that. Yeah, not because asleep, of the movie. Not because of the movie, but because she was just very busy that day and was Any day sleepy. I substitute teach, I'm dead to the world afterwards. Um, so, like, she was she was really tired, but, like, it was still, like, an enjoyable film. Like, um, I think, for me, the standout performance was James Spader. Um, I agree. I think he was, he was very good in this movie. The other funny Wikipedia anecdote, now that we're talking about James Spader... Um, is that he originally agreed to do this movie because he read the script and was like, oh, this is going to be awful. And was like, I'd love to do this. Um, and then met, when he met with the director, he was like, oh, actually, like, the, the quote is something like, um, he realized that this movie was going to be such an adventure to make that it would be an adventure on the screen as well. Um, and I mean, this movie is classified as sci-fi adventure, you know, it's not a drama, it's not horror, it's not, you know, action, really. There's a good bit of action in the movie, but it's not, like, so much action that you would call it an action movie, and it certainly fits the definition and tropes of an adventure story. Absolutely. they are, you know, traveling into an unknown realm, essentially. The concept of this is so cool. I statistically do not enjoy sci-fi mm-hmm. as a genre. However, I love ancient Egypt, and we've actually been on a little bit of an Egypt kick. If you yep. listen regularly, you know that. Um, with the mummy and death on the Nile, all sorts of other stuff. But um, the concept of this other world 
that is then basically ancient Egypt. They've got the Egyptian gods there and this gate that can lead. Just the connection between sci-fi and history I found to be so cool. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool parts um, particularly about this is so we just watched The Mummy relatively recently, right? It was like one of our like coming off of the Oscars, let's mm-hmm. watch something fun and because it had, you know, Brendan Fraser in it, we wanted to see it. Um, so this movie, another uh, movie with the ancient Egypt like bent to it, um, has an actor that's similar, or this is the same actor. So Eric Avari plays in this one Kasuf, who's like kind of like the mayor of this yeah. town, is what I'd call him, you know. Um, this this town of people who are essentially enslaved by Ra to, to like, you know, get, they have to pay him tribute in the mm. form of minerals. Um, but like, so he is, he's in this movie, and then in the other one, he's like the leader of the Medjai or whatever, and like in in uh, in the mummy um which was like i was like i want to recognize that guy and it's like oh same same yeah. genre same like, genre that's so same cool. setting same yeah. time period <laughs> yeah and now i'm actually seeing on here is this guy no don't do that show me this man do you think he's in the mummy too no i thought he might have been in guardians oh no he's in Shazam he's in guardians Oh. So there's there's a character, uh, the guy, the actor's name is Jimon Honsu. Um, he's uh, he's from Benin, West Africa, and he plays the guy that um, that uh, Star Lord like beats the shit out of at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, Korath, right? Yeah, his name's Korath or Kuroth in. Uh, and, and he's the wizard in Shazam. Guardians. Yeah, and he's the wizard in Shazam. Um, so that's really cool. I, I didn't realize that until I until I saw him on the cast list for yeah, this. Yeah, he's Horus in um, this movie. Yeah, he's basically like a like a I don't know almost unnamed side character. Yeah. Right? Um, but I was like, but I, when I saw this image on IMDb, I was like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, that's that that guy is like the dude who like uh, uh, confronts Star Lord when he's stealing the orb at the very yes, beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um, he dies at the end of that movie, I think. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, it was still really cool to, like, recognize him. Because I didn't recognize him since this is 94, you know. Right. It's, like, so 20 years between the movies. We should talk about the fact that this spurred a, a 10-year TV show. Yes. So, Stargate, I don't believe there was a sequel. Because I didn't see anything about a sequel anywhere. Um, however, uh, in 1997, so three years after the movie came out, because um, they leave this movie, like, wide open right at the end. So, but basically the end of the movie is Kurt Russell's team. Um, the rest, whoever's left who hasn't been killed by Ra's, you know, Horus bodyguard people. Um, they go back to the Stargate, and Dr. Daniel Jackson stays behind. Um, and that's, and then literally, literally ends. Like, <laughs> when they finish going to the Stargate. Um, so, they really set it up to be, like, you know, like a, like a universe. Mm-hmm. Right, they set up a whole universe essentially, um, and I don't know if they had fully intentionally did that. If Emmerich was like, "Yeah, this is going to be a great like franchise for me," you know, I don't even know if he has anything to do with the TV show, but um, or if the writers, Dean Devlin, apparently Emmerich was one of the writers too. Um, I don't know. Like, so in '97, they came out with Stargate SG One, um, which is a whole show that sort of. Um, is like predicated along the lines of they're using the Stargate to go to different universes. It's not just, um, I found out that the, the planet they go to is called Abydos, which is an okay. ancient Egypt, you know, place. Um, and so they just go to other planets too. I remember seeing a couple scenes just while, while scrolling through YouTube shorts or something from the Stargate series. And that, that series is 10 years, as Autumn said. Like they got a whole, till 2007 run of Stargate. I remember my mom had watched some of it, so I, I the can't wait to hear her opinions. I'm sure she's seen this movie. Like, she has to have. Um, but yeah, I think this was... I, I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I thought... I didn't say... Okay, I didn't think it was really good. But I think it was... A, it, it was for what I wanted, which was like... I was like, okay, this is probably going to be pretty low-key sci-fi, right? Because I, I know the concept of Stargate is they go through the portals, but I also know that like the places they go to aren't like super sci-fi places generally they're like you know these yeah. other realms that Which might really have magic or might me. have whatever and that yeah I, I knew i knew that you weren't probably gonna hate it 
Um, <laughs> I, I was at least assuming you weren't going to hate it. Um, and, but I also, like, I was, I was, like, looking through stuff on Hulu, and I was like, I don't really feel like watching any of this. Like, this, I just, I just don't. I was feeling like a comedy. I was, like, kind of drained. I was like, you know what? This is something that I want, I should watch to say that I, be able to say that I have watched it. Um, and it just, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, scary. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I think I'm in the mood for this right now. And it is so cool to watch sci-fi and fantasy movies from the 90s and the early 2000s and what we can do now and just see how much things have changed. But also to look back at a movie like this and realize how good some of the effects are, how mm-hmm. cool some of the effects are when they did not have the same technology we have now. Yeah. Like, it really is crazy to me just how much work and creativity has gone into these sorts of films to make it so that as an audience member you you can suspend your disbelief, but it doesn't even involve as much suspension as maybe you would anticipate yeah. thinking that you're watching a movie from the nineties. And like that and that's the thing too, like 'cause we you know, we, we always consider stuff like Star Wars, which is like late seventies to eighties or like the John Carpenter's The Thing, which I'm pretty sure came out in the eighties. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, like as like these like shining examples of uh, movies that do practical effects that are just like great, like mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers good practical effects. Um, to where you know nobody really questions them, right? Like you don't like like Star Wars has pretty much everything is puppets and or little models, right? But it looks so good. You're not thinking that you that. just you just you're not even you don't even like go oh this is bad. You, no one ever thinks this these are this is bad CG until they get to like episode one when George Lucas was actually starting to use CG and you're right. like, you're like ooh that looks pretty rough. Yeah, maybe on just only stuck, some things like it's even not that way. bad. Like like Lucas Arts has for Lucas Films particularly like and like Industrial Light and Magic have been these like pillars of the industry when it comes to like making things look good. They don't want to get flack. You know, you can't get flack right. if you're Star Wars. Like, it right. looked really good in the 70s. You can't make it look bad yeah. in the odds. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think that, that a lot of this stuff is really cool. Um, because, like, this movie, yeah, like, like I said, the, the, like, the one, like, alien creature that they find is, like, this weird loping yak kind of looking he thing. He actually looks very Star Wars-esque. Yeah. It, and he's not quite a Bantha, right? right? But, like, at the same time... It, you know, and you can tell it's got, like, that slightly, slight Henson look to it, you know? Yeah. Not and, enough to be creepy, but... <laughs> but, like, and it was, it was like, oh, yeah, like, this, this is, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm up for it. And I'm it's, like, it, yeah, yeah, fully, you know, they're, like, full, there's, they got, like, an actor in there with, like, stilts on his arms, like, loping around, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, it is, it, it worked. Um, and, like, the, the armor that they had, uh the, like, Horus and the guards wear, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the scenes where they took it off was, like, bad old 90s CGI. Yeah. Right? Because it would just, like, like turn into nothing. Yeah. Um, but, like, the it's... actual running around, like, that was all active, like, props with, like, servo controls to, like, make the faces move right. and stuff. And it looked really good. And there's something fun and nostalgic about, like, the stuff that does look old school as well. So even, like, though... When they took the helmets off, it did. You were like, "Oh, okay, this You're is like, not as good." Yeah, yeah. There's, there's still something like fun about <laughs> that. Yeah. In in that, like, you know, there's no way that that would fly now. Huh. So it makes the movie feel like fun and nostalgic in a different way. It, it, it's a funny thing too, because like if we saw an effect like that now, they would probably just make it like dematerialize. Uh-huh. In, but in this one, they have it like fold up and then like disappear. At yeah. The end, and it's like <laughs> that. The way they did that is what makes it look like bad 90s yes. CGI. Because instead of just having it, like, wipe, disappear off of his face or whatever, they had it go, like, <laughs> like these little, you know, segments just closing up. But we should probably discuss the elephant in the room, which is the fact that I've only said Kurt Russell's name one time. Because I don't... I mean, he wasn't that good in this movie. Here's my hot take. If Kurt Russell had not been in this movie, it would have been just as good or better. And yeah. it has nothing to do with Kurt Russell at all. It just yeah. has to do with his character. He was just unnecessary. And I mean, like, the, the, the having the, like, the 
you know, gray area, like, leader of the mission with the bomb is, like, part of the plot, mm-hmm. right? Like, the he's supposed to blow it up if anything bad is on the other side, right? But, like, the other, the other part of this is that they, they also try to give him, like, a lot of, like, character by... He gets a tragic backstory and then nothing a else. A tragic backstory but not enough lines and dialogue with his crew members or, like... To, like, really flesh it out. Mm-hmm. And he gets to interact with the, the one, like, kid, right? And they're like, don't touch that, that's my gun! And like, because it's, you know, the tragic backstory is that his son accidentally discharged his firearm and killed himself, right? Um, like, I mean, it's, it's tragic, but it also didn't fit. No, they didn't do enough with it. And honestly, whenever he was on screen, I was just like, can we get back to Jackson? Like, I don't yes. really care about Because James Spader is the star of the show. He is the best. He's he's the most interesting character. He is the Indiana Jones of this mission, right? He's the uh, the Noah Weil librarian of this mission. We had, When we were talking about movies yesterday, we had discussed the librarian films, because they were all made for TV, so they never got theatrical releases. So they're considered television for some roles because um, the the actor who played in The Mummy and in this, mm-hmm. Eric, I think is his first mm-hmm. name, um, is also in one of the librarian movies, yes. which I thought, the King Solomon's Minds one, which is the like the second movie. The man must love a theme. I was like, this is so good. Like, Or, or they were just like, you got the look for this man. Like, he and really he does. does. He's got this like great, you know, like... I don't. I can't even like describe it accurately. It's like that, the like light Middle Eastern look, but it's it's in his face. He's got this like grandfather or scholar look. Yeah, to him. it's not even like a racial thing. Yeah, it's, it's a like just something about like the way he carries himself and his yeah. facial expressions. Yeah, like they could have that man like play. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, any, anything from, like, a mogul emperor to, like, a leader of a bunch of street urchins or something, yeah. you know? Like, he, he would fit in all the roles, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, that, like, that was really cool. And, like, but the Kurt Russell, I think, in this movie is just there because he is a big name, and he would draw people in. Spader, I don't think, was as much of a big name at this time. Um, I think he was known, right? Um, but I think they wanted Russell probably because of, I don't know when Escape from New York came out or if it was after this, but he looks to be roughly that age in this movie. Um, you know, he's a big action star, so they want the big action star. Um, and he has like one, like pretty solid, like action hero line in it mm-hmm. where, where basically like one of the guards, there the, all the people have like masks on, he unmasks like three of them and he unmasks Kurt Russell and he's like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> he just like unloads his gun into this like you know bad guy which is that was that was funny i laughed at that and then i don't think he had any other like really good lines yeah. you know i think i think it was just like that one like funny action quip yeah and then the other one was kind of bad it was was it, it was like a egyptian reference but it was bad egyptian reference or something it was just like wasn't funny yeah so yeah i think it it, it was like a waste you know, and I'm sure they paid him a lot too because he's got yeah, top billing. Sure. So, <laughs> but you know, either way, even if we think he was a waste, it worked out. They made their money back, like in triplicate. So, you know, can't can't knock it, right? Yeah, yeah. This isn't like the most original, crazy <laughs> story, but at the same time, it is like a build. You can see that it's a building block. Yeah, and that part is very neat. And at one point, Autumn actually goes, "Is this whole movie going to be the aliens created the pyramids?" <laughs> And I just, and this was maybe five to ten minutes into the movie, and I just was like, I'm just going to let her say that and not, not say anything back, because yes, that is what this movie is. Like, I had never heard of Stargate before I was watching it. Yeah. But I do like that as a concept. Hi, I can't, I keep saying I don't like sci-fi, but here I am. Like, I enjoyed yeah. Star Wars, and I like, I watched some Star Trek with Michaela, and I really like that, and... I love Guardians of the Galaxy. What, what, what sci-fi have we watched that you haven't liked? Because I know you didn't like Alien. I didn't like Alien. You, just, you thought it was boring. Yeah, right? I did. Like, I mean, and to be fair, that movie is very slow. It yeah. relies on the, like, atmospheric sort of psychological tension of the, like, yeah. thriller part of it. You know? I think I just need, like, a cast of characters I can care about or a plot, uh, a premise that is... A little bit different because the ones I they honestly they all blur together because it's always like mm-hmm. you know a thirty year old 
white man with some sort of, you know, thing he has to do and a gun are the sci-fi movies I don't like. What was your take? I forget what your take was on Total Recall. That's the one I'm thinking of. You didn't like Total Recall very much? No, not really. Okay. I can't remember what I rated it at the time, but I don't I don't look back on it fondly. It, it's like an enjoyable action movie, but yeah, like if you're going the, the it is pretty sci-fi, you know, so if you're like not into and it, and like again, it is the white guys shoot people movie stereotype. Yeah, I'm not really into that. Cuz we we watched well, I guess I'm still thinking of Total Recall and the other scene. But, oh, what did you think of, um, I don't know if we did this for the project, but, uh, Gattaca? The movie where, I did not um, really like that one. The, like, gene, whole, like, gene superiority thing with Jude Law and, uh, and what's his name? Wait, was that the one on Mars? No. It was the one on Earth. It was a very slow movie, but it was very good. Um, Jude Law and, uh... I'm forgetting who the, uh, the other guy might have been. I think we did that our first year of the project. Yeah, we so might not we have actually record recorded a podcast it. for it. Um, but it was the whole sci-fi concept was that there was perfect genes, and he's taking he he is like using another guy's like skin and hair oh, and stuff. Oh yeah. To be a. Uh, oh, and you know Ethan what? Ethan Hawke and uh, that and it says Chihuahua. 1997 American dystopian science fiction. I think that's part of it too. Is I'm not really Am into I the. the right Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not really into the dystopian part yeah. as much. Is it, is it, is it, is okay. It, well, we've we've talked enough yeah. on this. We've gone a little so. too far. <laughs> yeah. I have unfortunately broken my streak. <laughs> of what? Of watching movies by myself. None for me this week. What about you? Uh, I haven't either. Okay. Together, as far as TV, I think the only thing we watched was the new John Mulaney special. We didn't watch any uh, Atlanta, did we? I don't think. If we did, it was like the last. You know, yeah, the we, we might have seen an episode of Atlanta. We'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> um, and yeah, we watched the John Mulaney special. Yes, Baby J, the new John Mulaney special. The only stand up special we've ever watched that has made me cry laughing was <laughs> um my new favorite stand-up special of all time it is a little bit different it's 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 kind of like i i don't even know how to how to explain it it's like you know this huge secret has come out you know now everyone knows that john mulaney was in had been in rehab for for heavy drug use and it's almost like he just sort of goes off the rails of like well now you know so i can tell you everything you didn't know before so like here's all here's what was really going on when you thought i was normal and like just the way he does it is so funny but what really got me is he does this bit at the end my favorite kind of humor and this is why I'm going to be a great elementary school teacher, is just when things are just very random. That, like, for some reason, it, it just makes me laugh so much. And he does this bit at the very end where he reads an interview he had given to a magazine that he does not remember giving because he was on cocaine. And so he reads it and performs it. And it's just so funny how random his responses to this interviewer are um and yeah it made me cry i was laughing so hard what what did you think about it i thought it was funny it was really good um i think that i i saw a different comedian i forget who it was um that was criticizing it a little bit um because uh even though even though john mulaney's gone through this whole like rehab thing um, the, he's, like, still titled the, the thing Baby J and got, and did the Baby J thing a couple times throughout mm -hmm. it, which is, like, a, like, oh, you know, it's just me, little Baby J, I couldn't hurt a fly. I did go to rehab for, like, several, for, like, eight months or whatever, you know, because I was incredibly addicted to a lot of drugs. And it, it, the, the, the criticism was kind of in the, like, he's still sort of portraying himself as, like, a blameless child you know i said do nothing wrong i, I don't know. feel that way I yeah i don't know I, I i didn't feel that way super after the thing too um but i guess there are some people who are getting that impression where he's like using the baby j thing to like soften the fact that he was 
heavily addicted to lots of hard drugs. But um, I don't really care. I thought it was funny. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't laugh. I didn't cry laughing as much as uh, Autumn did. Um, but it was funny how an incredibly high man sounds like a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure was why you were laughing so yeah. much, because it probably sounds like some of the things that kids tell you at work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was very. very... It, it, it was it was very funny. I enjoyed his delivery style, even though he did say he would be less all over the place on the stage. And he's like, he's like, I I this will be delivered differently than what you might be used to. Yeah, not at all. Several years ago, I would be all over the stage going, blah, 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 blah. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, which was really good. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was fun. Um, okay, so TV separately, I've gotten back into Cheers, which has been very exciting for me. I've, I've felt the bug. I think I mentioned that last week. Um, it's just so cozy and fun. It's all set in the same bar. It's one of those, like, you know, live studio audience type of shows. And there's something about that that is just so, just so homey and cozy and makes me want to throw my cell phone out the window. Um, and what else have I been watching? Honestly, oh, I forgot to mention last week, my friend Gina and I started a new show. Um, maybe it was best that I didn't mention it because I still don't know what it's about. We are watching Perfect Match on Netflix, which this is like, you know, we're behind behind the curve. It's over. Everyone watched it. Whatever. But it, it takes a bunch of Netflix reality stars from different shows, um, some of which Gina and I have watched together, like The Circle and Love is Blind. So that's been fun. Um, and it puts them on this random dating show. But the thing is, it doesn't really make sense to me what the goal is here. Um, cause it's kind of like Love Island where they like pick people to couple up with, but then it's also like, are you the one in that they're like, they keep saying they're trying to find the perfect match and there's like some strategy to it. But the thing is that in, are you the one, everyone has a set perfect match that they're trying to find. Like someone has already determined who's the perfect match and this, that that's not happening. So I just like, I really don't know what this show is about at all. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for. Oh, the owl! I've been watching the Owl House. I finally got to the episode that um, <laughs> the one girl at Sunday school kept asking me to get to, so I got to go to Sunday school today and be like, "Hey, I did it!" Um, and then we talked about it all the time. <laughs> um, but who knows if I'm going to continue with that one or not? Um, but I got where I needed to be. Homework assignment complete. Yeah. I haven't watched anything. Really? Nope. Wow. I haven't watched a single thing. I have I have been uh, either playing Destiny or reading One Piece. Well, books are next. Do you want to just go into One Piece? Um, sure, if you want me to go first. Yeah, um, go ahead. I, not only have I read more One Piece, I have read a, I read like the first volume of a, another manhwa, the Korean manga, um, called uh, Tomb Raider King. Uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. Um, and I pro- I might, depending on how I'm feeling after finishing what's out of One Piece so far, I might go back to it. And uh, there's like 400 chapters of it, I think. Um, but, you know, whenever that's done, it's done. I realized, actually, um, so right now, I would say my, my One Piece progress is I am 620 chapters into the 1080 chapters of One Piece that exist. Um, I just finished what people refer to as the time skip, where after one large war, Luffy is recovering and all of his friends have been separated to different islands. Um, He puts out a message that they are to meet back together in two years at the place that they had left off. Um, uh, With the idea being that in two years they would all grow and be stronger, right? So they've actually aged which is something that doesn't happen a lot in cartoons or manga, you know. They've gone from being mostly, like, 17 or something to, like, almost 20. So, but they all have, like, they all look, like, older, you know. And they've, they've like, changed body a little bit. Like, one of the characters who's, like, kind of a wimpy dude named Usopp is now, like, jacked to hell and, like, looks, like, super Chad, um, which is hilarious. 
um, because Usopp's like kind of a weenie, or was kind of a weenie. That's the that's the cool thing. So apparently now he's like confident, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm you know only twenty episodes. That, that happened on like I think it was like chapter five hundred and ninety seven. I think so. I'm like only a little bit further than that. So we're into the Fishman Island arc, which is fun. Peter's Goodreads is going to be unhinged. Yes. I was going to say, this will be the... And I know it's not a contest, and we've never really treated it like a contest, because it's just accepted that Autumn reads more than I do, and I don't really... You know, I'm not trying to fight anybody. He says this as a preface, that so he's trying to make it into a contest. But this year <laughs> will be the one year, probably for our entire marriage, where I will have more books read on my Goodreads than Autumn will, because... And even <laughs> Because Goodreads... And I could. I, there is like, I don't. I think I've probably read at this point like sixty something volumes of One Piece. Cause so like there's like maybe like ten chapters a volume roughly. Um. So if I wanted to, I could put it in as sixty separate books. Now there's omnibus editions, um, where they've put the, the omnibuses are like only three volumes a piece. So it really depends on how lazy I want to be when I input them, because, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but either way, I have all that and all solo leveling, and if I do Tomb Raider King as well, then that's a whole bunch of other volumes. So like, it's gonna be nuts this year. I, right now, right now, I think I may have beaten Autumn's reading goal in amount of books. How many? What's your reading goal for this year? Sixty-five. Six, yeah. I've beaten Autumn's reading goal just in One Piece chapters alone. Now, that's not more pages than 65 books because a book is, like, on average, like, what, 300 pages or something the, the like that? The ones I read are average, yeah, of three-something. So, like, I think a One Piece chapter is only about 20 pages usually. Um, so, it's way less page-wise, but title-wise. Title-wise, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've been reading. Okay. Um, I just finished, before we sat down to record this, the book I was reading, which was The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, which is just a fun romance book about um, two people who go on a honeymoon after their um, brother, their respective brother and sister, um, who just got married, have food poisoning from their wedding. So they're maid of honor and best man go on vacation together and, you know, they hate each other at first and then they fall in love on Maui and everything's happy until they get home and discover some, you know, there's always this, like, miscommunication plot in, in romance stories and then they come back together happily ever after. Um, I enjoyed it. It's my, I think it's my favorite Christina Lauren book that I've read uh, and I gave it four stars. Um, I am listening to an audiobook... A nonfiction audiobook called Slow Simple Living for a Frantic World, I believe. Um, which is just, I like to get in some like personal development, self help books, uh, particularly by audiobooks sometimes. I just find it pretty inspiring. Um, and I've always been really fascinated with the idea of slow living, which is just, you know, basically just about being like a little bit more intentional with your time and the things that you own. And um, being a little bit more present, which are things that I struggle with, so I like to, um, but I aspire to live that way, so I just, like, like getting a little bit more, um, insight into that. The narrator is Australian, so I'm really enjoying that. I love, uh, an Australian accent. And before that, I had finished, um, A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. Yes, I believe it was. Yes. Um, and I didn't end up loving it as much as I had expected to. I ended up giving it a 3.5 star rating, I believe. Um, at the beginning, it felt very Howl's Moving Castle-esque to me, which was very exciting. That's my favorite book of all time. Um, but it did kind of let me down towards the end. Uh, my next book, as we get into what uh, my favorite podcast books Unbound calls Mashed Potato May, I will be picking up Dune. On the podcast, like, a mashed potato book is is a book that you've been saving because you think that it's going to be really good, and then you just keep saving it and saving it. They actually, in one of the most recent episodes, realized that there's a word 
for that like delaying of something you think you're going to enjoy and i wish i could remember Delay what gratification? It was. no it's it's a different it's a different word it starts with p i can't remember um but it is a i think it was only coined in 2021 but it was something about that human experience of like waiting um and putting off something you know that you're going to enjoy uh and dune is on my tbr takedown it is the biggest book on my tbr takedown so that's why i'm going to tackle it in mashed potato may my other plan for may is to read Babel by rf kwong um i have been collecting rf kwong books and then not reading them uh and this one i really think i'm going to enjoy and it's a book of the month book that i haven't read yet that i've been putting off so i'll meet my monthly goals of reading one tbr takedown one book of the month book i have not been playing any games You've been, what, just playing Destiny? Yeah, I've just been playing Destiny. Okay. So that's that. Our second movie this week was Enemy. Enemy is a psychological thriller film starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Melanie Laurent, and Sarah Gadden. And Jake Gyllenhaal. And also Jake Gyllenhaal, a second time. It has been described as Kafka-esque. And if I had known that before I picked it, I would not have picked it. At the very start of the film, there is a scene that takes place in a sex club involving a naked woman about to step on a tarantula. We then view history professor Adam Bell as he's teaching a lesson on power and dictatorships. He goes about living his monotonous life until he views a film that features a man who looks exactly like him. They meet and discover they are identical down to a scar they both share on their chests. The actor then steals Adam's girlfriend and leaves Adam in his place at his home with his pregnant wife. At the end of the movie, the actor and Adam's girlfriend are killed in a car crash and the actor's wife turns into a giant spider. Yep. Movie sucked. <laughs> One stars all around <laughs> for twenty thirteen. I hate Kafka. Like I think I mean like I don't hate Kafka, but like I do. it bothers the shit out of me sometimes. Like it's just like, dude, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like if you read the trial, yes, on your recommendation. Why? Why did I recommend that? I don't know. We were in high school, or I was. I think you were. Maybe I wanted somebody else to feel my pain. And you picked me? Well, we were dating. <laughs> well, how are we married? Why did we get, how did we get this far? Oh my uh, goodness. It was, it was bad. It, like, it, 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 all this stuff happens and then he dies. Yes. Is this supposed to be a take on what's the one where he turns into a roach? I don't think so. It's not the metamorphosis. Okay. <laughs> the metamorphosis is actually, like, actually has merit. I actually like the metamorphosis. I, yeah, when we read that in AP English, I actually found that to be enjoyable. I don't think I would have loved it on my own, but it's one of those where you're, if you're discussing it, it, it's more interesting, I feel like. Well, I mean, maybe it, maybe it is in some way a take on the metamorphosis. If you think about the metamorphosis as like... Involving bugs. Well, yeah, <laughs> involving like insects um, and the fact that it is... Uh, like, the metamorphosis, like, he's turning into a bug because of all the expectations placed on him, right? Yes. Um, but with, when with this movie, it's, I, I don't know, I looked, we both looked up, like, explanation <laughs> reviews after this, because it was just so fucking weird. We were like, why? Um, and, uh, the ones I was seeing were talking about, like, him being caught in the spider's web because of the expectations that are sort of placed on him by his mother or whatever, which is like in a way, but then he doesn't turn into a fucking spider. Like he's just no, an the pregnant, asshole. The pregnant lady. Does. The pregnant lady turns into a spider because she was unfaithful to her husband, dude. So after we, we we like backed out of this, and I saw that the tag was by the director of Dune, and I went, "This is Villeneuve." Like, okay, um. Why, Denis? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to us? It's 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 an hour and a half long. Thank God, because if it was, it should have been shorter. If it was longer, it would have been like absolutely just like unbearable. I think um, it is a movie that has very little dialogue. Um, Lots of spooky music, though. Yeah, and they they filled the space where you'd normally you know talk to people in a movie um, with the like 
on A24 filled it with the unsettling, like, you know, like, hums and, like, you know, like, just those, like, low subsonic discordant sounds that just make you, un, like, stressed out, you know, mm -hmm. designed to stress you out. But, like, when you finally kind of figure out that the only thriller part of this, aside from the scene where they're both dreaming and there's actual, like, spider horror in it, um, the only th part of this movie that is a thrill is the music. Then it stops being, like, spooky. Right? Well, there's the whole part where he's, like, at the very end where he's like, I'm gonna steal your life and then, you know, crash your car. <laughs> what he says. He says, he says, I'm gonna go take your girlfriend on a romantic weekend and then come back, give you back all your stuff and I'll be out of your life forever. Which is like, Okay, like, it, 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 is that so stupid? Because, well, but for first off, Jake Gyllenhaal plays two people, which is why I recommended Autumn say his name a second time, because he plays two different guys that are identical and find out they're identical in, like, every way. Like, they're just the same person. To the point where, um, like it's it's just bizarre and it was it was bizarre and stupid to the point where you're, you're like you're like is is this for for a hot minute i thought it was a tyler durden scenario and you haven't seen that movie or read that book but i was like what the hell is this like what is going on i thought it was fight club it's not fight club it's it's just dumb how we uh came about to be watching this movie was i was in a thriller mood i don't know how sometimes these things just sneak up on me i don't usually watch thrillers but i i can't do horror and i can't do gore so i was like i need to find something psychological and i just kept getting the same recommendations as i was trying to figure out what i wanted to watch um and so i started looking up underrated thriller movies and this was described as like gripping and, you know, all those other words to be like, make it be like, you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna be able to tear your eyes away from the screen. You know what this kind of reminded me of, though, was Tar. Yeah. In, in that it was like, you know, suspenseful music while watching people do totally mundane things. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, like, like I, I said to Autumn, I was like, you know, if you took the music away, this would be boring as shit. Like, absolutely, like, there would be nothing gripping about it at all. Because it is literally people walking around. In a, in a yellow... The whole movie is yellow. Ontario. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be part of Toronto or something. Yeah. It was like, the whole place was yellow. Maybe that's why it reminds me of Tar, too. Is like, Tar's very, like, black and white. Yeah, but I feel like this had less... It had less color than Tar did. And Tar, it was, like, already a very muted tone movie. Yeah. Like, it, everything's yellow. Nobody talks. There's no internal monologue. There's, like, it's just, like, there's just nothing... And you know, like, what the characters are thinking the entire time, basically. Because you're, they want you to not know. But it's so stupid that you do. <laughs> like, both of these guys, these identical dudes with identical scars, with the same mother, I think, from what it seemed like. Because when he's talking, he's actually with his mom. Like, I don't know which one that was. I think, I think the idea is it's supposed to be... Because, like... Okay, so like the, the mom's like, how do you live in this filth to the one guy? Mm -hmm. And then when, when the person goes to meet the mom, you're like, I'm pretty sure that this is not, like, this like this is, this is mom is lying to both of them. They are identical twins separated at birth or something. Yeah, because she does Cause tell like, the other one he has such a nice apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's also like, I hate blueberries. And the one guy had been, the, the actor guy had been asking for blueberries. He's like, I need the blueberries for the shoot. Like, I need organic blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, this, this, she, she, this is like a mom juggling two identical sons, like an asshole, is what it seemed like and to why? me. why? Yeah, like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> like, and like, and the other thing, both of them find out that they have like an identical twin, and both of them act like fucking psychopaths about it. And they don't assume they're brothers. And, like, if they are, did she scar them both? Was they that where the they, they both, scar. like, turned around and, like, stuck together in that spot? And that's where they cut them yeah, off? Maybe. Like, like, what? Why? Like, 
the 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 answers the 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 questions that this movie does not leave answers to are not satisfying questions to have left open. Yeah, sometimes things being open ended is yes. is like fun or like makes you think about things. But if the only thing it makes you think is like what's the fucking why, point? Why? Yeah. Then <laughs> it's not doing it right. <laughs> no, no, and like the the other thing was the like. Like I said, they they act like psychos. Like yeah. if, if you found out you had a, a twin, you'd be freaked out a little bit probably, but you'd also probably like both be like kind of like excited about it. You wouldn't you be know? scared of them, likely. Like you wouldn't like yeah, you wouldn't like immediately be like 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 you wouldn't have like horror like 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 oh my god somebody's advancing on me with a knife like reactions reactions yeah. like when you just like find out you're both identical like he, when he, he finds out that they have the same scar he's not like. Whoa, that's wild! Like we should figure that out. He's he, like, like runs away. Oh, I gotta go! Like, like, what are you doing, you you baby? Like, just talk to this man. Like, and I mean, like, obviously the other guy is also a weird, creepy dick about it too. Like, it's like, like imagine if, if, if this the whole movie is basically, hey, imagine if two people who are identical twins uh, found found each other, but they are also both psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> and even then for that concept it was boring as hell right because they didn't like try to torture each other you know or or like or like make each other's lives hell that's what this movie the whole thing was torture you brought my wife into this man he's like what do you mean i brought your wife? and also like the guy refuses to say that he slept with he didn't sleep with his wife like he at that point he had not at any point slept with his wife but his only reaction is that's crazy you're being crazy like what are you, <laughs> are you both like 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 clinically stupid? Like what is this? Um, and and but like the, yeah, and the whole thing like before that, you you get the feeling that like teacher Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't like his girlfriend that much. Like he's just not yeah. that into it. Yeah, you know. Um, that's the other thing that made me mad about the mom scene is because she she like. Like, his mom's, like, going senile or something, and she, like, combines both of the sons into one son, essentially. Because she's like, oh, you're you're always between women. And it's like, well, if it's the actor guy, he's married. So unless he's telling his mom about all the infidelity he's doing, like, he's Which not between women. Oh, 100%. He's, like, a sex creep, mm-hmm. right? Um, or the other one... Or, or, and then she, the, the blueberry thing, which is supposed to be, like, which signifies that he's not the actor. And then she goes, with all these silly dreams of acting, which is, like, it's just because he, she's tell, he's telling her that, that, she, that he's, like, he thinks that there's a twin of him that's an actor. Or is she, like, still confusing the two of them yeah. and, like, saying, you're, you're a shit actor because the guy is a shit actor, right? Um, I just, like, like so, but going back to the, the girlfriend thing, like, he doesn't like his girlfriend that much. So, like, why would he actually, like, he thematically shouldn't care if this guy's gonna, like, take his girlfriend out. And he doesn't seem to care that much. No, not to really. To be honest. Because he shouldn't. Because he doesn't like his girlfriend. And he's like, well, I mean, the, probably there's, like, the, at that point, there's only the moral concern of the woman doesn't know that she's having sex with a different man. Like, right. that is that is the only thing that's... Until she sees he has a tan line from his wedding ring. Yeah, and she's like, what, what is this? Where are you? Like, and then they both die in the car. <laughs> just like, which which then gives you the like, oh, so is he gonna just take the life of the weird actor guy? Like, just like start living with his wife or whatever? Because the wife knows, and she's cool with it, apparently. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, she's also like heavily pregnant. Six months. Six months pregnant. It's important. That's detail that's probably why us. she knows because she knows that actor guy has no idea how far along she is. Yeah, and this dude was just like, you're like six months pregnant, and was like trying to help her or whatever. Um, like, it's, it's, and then she turns into a spider. <laughs> the end. The, the only part of this movie that I got excited about, and I was like, oh, it actually might be, like, kind of fucked up and crazy at the end, was when we, they had the dream sequence, and there's the giant, massive spider walking over Toronto mm-hmm. for, like, two seconds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't catch that it was a dream sequence. So I think I probably looked away at some point or something. Mm. Um, and I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. Is this like a crazy, like, 
actually an alien movie because that would be badass. And it would actually might it, it might like excuse how fucking weird the movie was up till now because it would be it would be a really cool like twist. No. Yeah, fun Just fact. A metaphor. If you look up this movie, like when I was working on our Instagram graphics, that's the first like what the like that's image the of the defining spider the image. Yeah, for this movie. Like that's really cool. And then the the poster you scroll up to the movie poster. The movie poster has like Slender Man on it. Well, on in this version, the version that we're going to be posting on Instagram, the like actual movie posters, Gyllenhaal with the city and the spider. Yeah, the spider over the city, which that if if you show me this poster, which is a white background, Jake Gyllenhaal staring at the ground, and the top of his head has been like edited into the skyline of Toronto with this giant spider monster on it, I would have told you. This is an action movie about Jake Gyllenhaal fighting a giant spider in Toronto, <laughs> because that's what that looks like. The other, the other movie poster is this like cooler, like tarot card looking like uh, yellow poster, which makes more sense because the movie is completely yellow. Yeah. Um, that that is like that says enemy on it, but like it's and it's got like two faceless dudes, which fits more thematically. I think that yeah. fits the theme of the movie better. Um, but also, it looks like Slenderman twice because Slenderman doesn't have a face. Um, so I would have thought, are we watching a Slenderman thriller? Because that would be really cool, too, because I was really into Slenderman for a little while, like, right before we started dating, basically. Um, but yeah, this was neither, and it was disappointing. And I gave it one star. I also gave it one star. It's, um, it's bad. I don't think I'll be in a thriller mood again for a while, because I've been burned. Do or maybe I'll, or maybe I'll look for something to redeem it. Who the, knows? The first thing I said when I walked out of the room was, well, there goes an hour and a half of my life bad really bad oh my gosh well that's it for this week um if you want to keep up to date have a little bit of a sneak peek as to what movies we're watching ahead of time before the episodes come out you can check out our instagram it is 50 50 films podcast peter posts on there every monday tuesday and wednesday next week we are going to have to figure out one movie that we agree on so that we can go see the new guardians on saturday oh geez yeah so it's gonna be another week of like dual picks so we're gonna have to kind of go go into our archives and see something we've both been meaning to watch that we can agree on yeah and if you've listened to this far so today this this podcast comes out on um may the 3rd which is a wednesday and the easter egg for the end of this episode which we don't ever do is that we'll be doing special episodes now called Random Recommend, um, where we take Autumn picks a theme. Um, I guess I probably end up picking a theme at some point, too. Oh, no, I was going to pick them all. Oh, okay. Um, where where we do what we, what we used to do for our Rapid Recommends, which we're probably going to be phasing out. Um, we might we might come back to them at some point. We might drop one in there occasionally if we really feel we're like it. playing but, around. Um, we're doing a little, little special episodes. They're probably going to be like, 25 minutes long that's at max. Guess. Um, that's as a guess. And watch, watch it be like 35 minutes or 40 <laughs> minutes or something. Um, where we both have been given a bunch of prompts um, and we've come up with stuff to recommend for those little prompts. Uh, that will be releasing tomorrow as of, not as of the recording of this podcast, but as of the release of this podcast, which will be May the 4th, Star Wars Day. <laughs>